gentlemen we are back for another week of the pc progression wrestling podcast i am your host elio canella alongside with man it's always pearson barriers ben pierce ben how are you i'm good man we had a lot of uh we had a lot of wrestling this week and we also had a lot of good news on my end so i am uh in a particularly good mood on this friday evening and i uh can't wait to discuss some wrestling with you, both good and bad. So let's jump oh, right in. What do we have here? What's the good news? Um, we got uh, we I got really good news um concerning my mom's ongoing health uh concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way it was described to me was the worst is over, so we can start relaxing now. Very good. All right, so what do you say we get into some uh, wrestling this week? Absolutely. All right, um, and I think uh, we'll kick things off with Monday Night Raw. So, Ben, take it away. Your face was originally blocking my ability to see the results, so I had to. Oops, like, my bad. Uh, <laughs> on something. So, okay, there, there you go. Now, now it's fixed. So, uh, Raw kicked off with the with the arrival of Seth Rollins, AOP, and Buddy Murphy, and I got I got to tell you, I don't know if you noticed this. <laughs> Did you notice how uh, weird um, Seth looked in his uh, furry leather jacket? Oh, you know what? I did notice that. I was like, what is going on? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and and I swear to God, I'm not making this up. The website that I'm I'm using, and and I asked you about the jacket before I saw this, but Honestly, the second line of the website that I'm using with the results is, and I quote, Seth is wearing a particularly douchey jacket this evening. <laughs> that jacket was ridiculous. What is going on? Oh, my goodness. It was, it was just absurd. I, 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 I couldn't take anything that he was saying seriously just because <laughs> of the fur on his jacket. You know what? I can't stand Seth Rollins anymore. I don't know. I'm just done. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, um, I, mean, I mean, this particular heel run definitely fits him. And I, I think they're trying to do damage control after that a catastrophic um, face run that he had. Um, okay. And it was the definition of catastrophic. I, it, 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 
damaged him. Almost to the point of no return, but I think that they're uh, I think that they're trying to uh, fix that now. So okay. I, taking taking this promo strictly for what it was, um, I would have to say that the delivery of his delusional, uh, you know, kind of cult like thinking was entertaining. So I I enjoyed that, and then it set up the main event for the evening, uh, which as I'm scrolling down, it was um, Seth Rollins and company against the Viking Raiders, Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe in a eight-man tag match. And I don't know about you, man, but I I particularly hate uh, multiple uh, – team tag team matches i don't like uh multiple tag team multiple uh, men tag team matches yes i don't like it at all but we'll get we'll get into that as we uh, move toward the main event but b- before we do that uh let's get into uh match number one uh which was becky lynch versus oscar for the raw women's championship Okay, this was not a bad match. I I um I was actually pleasantly surprised by this. Not not bad at all. Um, it was uh, 1855, which just by virtue of the time given, you know that it's going to be a better uh, situation, especially with with these two, um, mm-hmm. because you know. Uh, WWE television has has a real um, knack for pissing me off when it comes to <laughs> time given in uh, championship matches yeah. and and matches in particular. But I was very pleased with this particular uh, uh, 18, time. Eighteen minutes—that's pretty good. Right now, uh, I, now hold on, hold on. Yeah. I think we have a vampire in the company. Oh God, yes, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I, I, I had to, I had to, I had to check my eyesight. I thought it was Ariel and Kevin Thorne for a minute. Um, but no, it's it's Shayna Baszler, and I gotta, t- I gotta tell you, I really hope that they're not gonna go with this biting gimmick because it's so stupid. Like, okay, let's let's focus on the good first. Okay. The post-match beatdown and the fact that we have Shayna Baszler on Raw now, those are two massive positives. Okay. Okay. And before we get into the into the negative, I just have to say that if WWE creative, which I have no faith in whatsoever, if they screw up Shayna Baszler, I give up. <laughs> okay, I just have I just have to say that just on the principle of of the matter. That 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 was very um, interesting. <laughs> so okay, let's get to the interesting slash ter- terrible part. All right. That blood looked so fucking fake. It was absolutely just cringeworthy. <laughs> yeah. 
It was just terrible. Uh, but it was different. It was something different, though. Yeah, yes, but, but, but different doesn't always equal good when it's not executed properly. Every everything about the beatdown and everything about the introduction of Shayna Baszler came off great, but as soon as they had that exploding blood pack or whatever the hell, it must ladies, have been. ladies and gentlemen, I think uh, my co-host still is still harboring feelings for Becky Lynch. <laughs> well, well, it's just I just I I have a soft spot, yes, but for. Right now, we're doing professional analysis, not my. Uh, <laughs> I have um, the best of you. Absolutely. Well, I would expect nothing different. Um, and then the other the other thing I was surprised about, mm-hmm. you know, if you if, not even looking at the execution of of the blood thing, you know, WWE doesn't do blood nowadays. So I was I was very surprised by that. Okay. So yeah, there was that. So over, overall, I would I would I would rank this like an eight point five out of ten, but just based off of the execution of that last little bit, I would have to knock it off a little bit. Okay. Uh, next up, we had something that I absolutely don't give a single shit about. Uh, which was a 45-minute tag, or no, 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 I'm sorry, 45-minute, no, no, 45-second uh, tag team match. I was going to say 45 minutes. That's the whole show. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, well, at least multiple segments, but no. Uh, it was the Street Profits versus Mojo Rally and his offensive lineman. Kill me oh. now. Critic uh, Moss. You okay? Yep. And then after the debauchery that was this bullshit, um, how do you like that wordplay? Uh, <laughs> then we have Moss defeating Mojo Rally for the 24-7 title. Uh, yeah, cue the uh, cue the violins and the crickets because nobody give, gives a single shit. I don't understand that uh, that decision. That that's weird. Riddick Moss. I I well, what the hell? I have, a, I have a question. What do you think about Riddick Moss? Well, I don't know because one, I I had never seen him before, which was which was odd because I've been watching uh, NXT for quite a long time. Well, uh, are, are, know, are, isn't isn't he uh, like isn't he new? He just. Uh, didn't he just, didn't he just uh, show up now? Like well, he recently? was apparently he was yes, but apparently he was on NXT before this, but I didn't know that, which was very surprising because I've been I've been watching uh, uh, NXT uh, rather uh, consistently for at least the last three years. Well, no, so, I, well, what I mean is there's two NXT rosters, right. There's the live event rosters where there are people that you've never heard of, and then there's the one you see every week on TV. Well, he must have been part of the uh, live event one. Well, that's what I'm saying, because I've only ever seen his name on the live event, because I follow those uh, results. 
Like, right. Because I, I like to see like some of the names that are on there on their cards. Absolutely. So like I noticed that he was uh, one of them that was always on there. Well, apparently he made the big jump when they should have put him on the bit on the big NXT show beforehand. Yeah, but my question is, why do they have him straight up to Raw so early? That's just ridiculous. Well, I I don't know, but it's it's where careers go to die, and he's certainly not not on the fast track to success. No, he's going to get knocked back down to NXT. Uh, well, at, well, at this point, Elio, I think we can all agree that NXT is much better for career longevity than is any part of the main roster. No, no, he's not, not even the NXT. He's going to go back to NXT minors. Well, you know, even, even NXT minors is better than, you know, uh, main roster majors, so to speak. This is um, true. Uh, some of the names still on there, I have to say. All right, go ahead. But anyway, uh, so then we, then we get to more eye rolling. I, I, I swear to God, the fact that the fact that they did this segment with Drew McIntyre made me want to knock myself out using a brick wall. Ouch. Uh, I and and, and I, I'm looking at your room right now. I don't see any bricks back there. <laughs> well, and, and it's well, luckily, well, luckily they're they're not there. But I do, there are some uh, in in the vicinity. Now you're spe- you're speaking of the VIP lounge segment. Yes, which oh was my god, god. That, was, that was terrible. Which was god awful, just absolutely god awful. I don't like the VIP lounge. I've never liked that one. Well, and I'm I'm not really a big fan of MVP. Mm-hmm. Period. Because yeah. if you recall, uh, when when he debuted in uh, 2006, I believe. Wow, uh, that long. Maybe Holy maybe geez. 2005, but definitely 2006. Um. It seemed like he was being positioned as like a big time player uh, in terms of the main event scene, but he never made it past the tag team titles and the uh, U.S. titles. So uh, I think I think the highest profile feud he had was with Matt Hardy. I was gonna say that's still so, me. that's only when I really uh, that really stands out for me. Right. Um, so I just, and then, and then he starts talking about how he has so much history with, uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, somebody has to clue me in on what that history, uh, is. Well, they, they were both in Impact Wrestling together, but I wouldn't uh, recall them ever, like, working together in the same, uh, in, in, well, well, in and any faction. And that's what I, that's what I'm saying, because... I don't. I don't remember Drew McIntyre ever being uh, in the Beatdown Clan mm-hmm. alongside MVP and Low Key. Um, but anywho, um, so after that, let me uh, let me pull the results back up. So unfortunately, your face is going to disappear again, just briefly. <laughs> Very good. Uh, let's let's see. Oh. oh. Uh, fucking computer. Okay. Oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have our, our, our co-host is uh, getting angry with his technology. Uh, yes, much, much, much as you were before we came on the air this evening. 
so next up we had uh, Selena Vega uh, and Garza uh, being being shown on what happened uh, last week, uh, where Carrillo got the shit kicked out of him before uh, security broke them up. This leads to a a squash match featuring Cedric Alexander, and I swear to God, I swear to God, I I feel so incredibly terrible for Cedric Alexander. Reportedly, uh, Vince McMahon just doesn't see anything in Cedric Alexander because I don't see I don't see anything in Vince McMahon. Well, I yeah, other other than other than decrepit old age. Uh, you you know the, the uh, before you go on more I hear about Vince McMahon. I'm just I'm so done. I just uh, Vince McMahon just needs to go away. Like he doesn't know he doesn't know how to run a company anymore. Absolutely, and and. You know, it, and apparently more details have come out regarding the firing of um, of Michelle Wilson and uh, George Berrios. Of course, Uh-oh. that happened uh, within the last a couple of weeks, and um, and apparently the only reason that they were fired was because they voiced concern over the direction of WWE and uh, all of the excessive. <laughs> Um, excessive contracts that are on on the payroll. This man, oh. And it's just, and the only reason that they were fired was because they disagreed with Vince McMahon. That's terrible. No, just. And so, if if that's true, then then Vince McMahon just needs to, you know, move move along with with his life because yeah. Uh, quite frankly, it's just not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this was a two minute thirty five second uh, squash match, which which I cannot believe I'm saying in the same sentence as as the name Cedric Alexander. That's terrible. Um, but on and on we go. So again, we get highlights from the ongoing Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley feud. Um, Rhea is still waiting on uh, Charlotte's answer, but that is that is not quick in coming. In coming, so my impression is that they are holding off on Ripley versus Flair until uh, WrestleMania, which I um, which I'm not hating this match, but I'm not I'm not loving the idea either. Uh, this led to a um, squash match where Sarah Logan, of all people, this is another one. This is ridiculous. I felt so bad for Sarah Logan. I I know seriously. So Sarah Logan makes makes the way to the funeral pyre. As she dies at the hands of Rhea Ripley in 40 seconds. Terrible. Terrible, terrible. Absolutely. Speaking of terrible, we have a Bobby Lashley and Lana sighting. <laughs> oh, come on. I know they're your favorite power couple. No, they're not. <laughs> I can assure you. <laughs> All right. It's fucking terrible. 
at, at least at least at the very least praise the wrestling gods above that this that this wedding slash marriage segment you know which which featuring Bobby Lashley and and Rusev has come mercifully to an end and now it's more focused on the uh, lesbian catfights between uh, Lana and Liv Morgan, which I find absolutely terrible. I would have expected this in 1999 uh, ECW and not uh, WWE at this point in 2020. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, I digress which is so easy to do when it comes to this storyline because it sucks. Um, so Ricochet versus Lashley. Uh, this match actually got 11 minutes and, and 30 seconds, and, and my God, uh, this, this guy that runs this site is actually calling this a good situation. Um, a good match, which I don't agree with at all, but at least Ricochet got the victory, so that's the best thing that I can say. Alright. Uh, next up, uh, Matt Hardy actually tried to convince us that he gives a damn about uh, Edge and gives us a refresher course on the history between uh, the two of them and Lita. Uh, for, for, uh, for fans of the younger gen of the younger generation, um, they have extensive history in a love triangle where Lita cheated on Matt Hardy with Edge. That is all I say, I'll say. If you need more details, go on the trusty internet. So I actually like this segment, um, but it just I had a hard time. Uh, buying into WWE television, trying to convince us that Matt actually gave a shit about Edge, which they may have, uh, I'm sure they buried their issues in real life, but just on WWE television, I just, I don't buy it. Hmm. Um, so then after that, we have Ruby Riot explaining why they, or why she attacked Liv. She's like, she knows who uh, Liv is. She's a follower, and she needs to be put in her place, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I feel bad that Ruby Riot is in this scenario. I don't know why she came back like she did. Uh, next up, we have Alistair Black versus Tozawa. Squash match. I can't believe this guy's still here, Akira Tozawa. <laughs> well, I can't believe Alistair Black is still doing squash matches uh, 10 months later. It's just... It's, it's, it's time he starts knocking on people's doors instead of just sitting in the middle of the ring after every match and uh, cutting a promo. Exactly. I, I mean, I don't know why the hell uh, they're doing that. You know, um, it was reported earlier today that The, that the Undertaker... Uh, will be taking on AJ Styles at WrestleMania, to which I respond... Yeah, go on. To which I respond, why the hell is that happening? 
So uh, hold we, on, is that is that for real or is that just a report? Well, well, that's that's the that, that's the rumor going on right now. Okay. Um, so we don't know for sure. Okay. No, I, but uh, no means whatsoever. Uh, but I I think somebody like Alistair Black or Bray Wyatt would be a much better fit. Bray Wyatt uh, didn't didn't he face the Undertaker already once? Right, but but at least at least Alistair Black or Bray Wyatt would make sense from uh, a character from a character development well, hold on. standpoint. Undertaker faced Bray Wyatt; he never faced the Fiend. So yeah, that's yeah. Okay. Exactly. You see, um, but um, so a- after the squash match, we have the main event, which I alluded to earlier, and of course, um. Of course, Seth Rollins and company uh, got the got the victory. Leading leading into what I've heard will be Seth Rollins' first sermon of his career coming up next week on Monday Night Raw. They gotta so, stop with all this these this religious stuff with Seth Rollins. That's ridiculous. That's what I really can't stand. It's like uh, it's like oh, that's so terrible. I know, I know, and I'm, I'm, I'm honestly surprised that they haven't gotten in trouble with that shirt from, uh, yeah, right? from, from religious groups. Oh my goodness! It's like uh, so, so you saw the T-shirt like uh, up close, though. Yeah. Ah, oh, terrible. Yeah, and I, I'm not even the most religious guy. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you have more to say on that than I do. Well no, well, no, I like I have, I have that cross up in my room, but like I'm not like super religious, like like uh, hardcore religious type. Right. Yeah. But no, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying you might have a problem uh, with that, and certainly. No, I just have, my problem is I just don't like it. it looks stupid. It looks terrible. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, there's always that, which is true. Um, so that wraps up our, um, our Raw review, and I will, uh, I will kick it over to Mr. Canella, my Canadian cohort, for his take on AEW Dynamite. Cause I'm TNT, I'm Dynamite, TNT. gentlemen apparently uh, my co-host got into my liquid cabinet because he forgot that he was doing aew this week take it away yeah. ben yeah yes my, my apologies uh you uh, we will we will flip flop when it comes to the uh, wednesday night war and you will do uh nxt yes sir um okay very good however i will follow along with you <laughs> Well, thank you. Otherwise, it's like, why do why do I do this show? Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, so uh, let's see. Uh, Dark Order comes out um, b- before the AEW Tag Team uh, Title rematch between 
the new champions, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, and the former champions, SCU. Uh, Dark Order cuts the promo and uh, wishes them all luck uh, and teases the identity of the quote-unquote exalted one. Now, hold on, Ben, before we go on. Who's your guess on who the exalted one is? Well, I know who it should be. And who? who's that? I, th- I think it should be Matt Hardy. Oh, oh okay. Uh, All right. As, as his broken gimmick, not the current Matt Hardy, but anyway. Right, um, okay. But uh, so... Uh, Dark Order continues to uh, tease that and also work off their so-called issues uh, with the fallen angel Christopher Daniels. Um, and, and that could be that could be another pick that I could see working if, if the fallen angel. Uh, well, well, that's what I was going to say. Um, did you notice how Christopher Daniels was gone for an awfully long time? Yeah, well, the, and that could be another pick because if if you recall, uh, back in 1999, uh, the uh, the um, the fallen angel was supposed to be uh, the higher power with the corporate ministry um, b- before mm-hmm. uh, it was revealed to be Vince McMahon. So yeah, that, that was stupid. They should have stuck with Daniels. Uh, yes, but apparently, apparently the reason why they didn't was because Vince McMahon felt Christopher Daniels was too small. Well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> just, just another example of Vince's idiocy. Um, but uh, this was this was a good match. This was uh, the right uh, the right people uh, won as Kenny Omega and Hangman Page retained their titles. Uh, continuing to, uh, to to work on the Adam Page alcoholic uh, storyline, oh. which I hate, which I hate, but this was a good match, uh, nonetheless. Okay. Um, after this, uh, Dark Order comes back out, but best friends uh, uh, counter to try to make the save before uh, stimulating the entire. Tag team division enters the ring, and we have best friends Butcher and the Blade, uh, Jack Evans and and Helico, and the Young Bucks. Apparently, apparently there's going to be a uh, number one contender uh, tag team battle royal next week, and I, I certainly hope that this battle royal turns out better than the buy-in battle royals that. Uh, that AEW had before they debuted on television. I already uh, ha- no, I already have an idea of what might happen. The and team, the team that wins the battle royal is going to go on to face Omega and Page. Omega and Page are going to lose the belts, and Page is going to turn finally. Well, and, well, and that's what I want to happen. That's what that's what I want to happen at uh, at um, the the next pay per view. Revolution. Uh, yes, Revolution. Absolutely. Um, so next up we have kind of a, kind of an oddball, uh, pairing, uh, Sammy Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes. Um, I guess this was, uh, 
this was a way of continuing the the arm break angle where uh, Hager uh, broke um, Dustin's arm several months ago. Uh, I don't understand why uh, why Sammy was in there. I would have put Jake Hager in the match, had them face off one time, and then, and then had their the ultimate payoff match at uh, Revolution. So I'm not sure why Sammy Guevara needed to lose in that situation. Hey, turn around. No, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Jericho's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a that, that was a good line. I enjoyed that. You know, but it, it it's funny. It's like bitch has become the <laughs> it's like the go to word, the, like the go to insult in professional wrestling. And it's just, it's just kind of like if you really want to insult them, like. Like, save it for the pay-per-view so you can call somebody a motherfucker and make me believe that you actually hate them. Because <laughs> they can do that in AEW, as we've seen from John Moxley. Yeah. So, yeah. If you want me to believe that there's some actual intensity there, call somebody a motherfucker, <laughs> and then there, there you go. Um, you know, just turn up the heat a little bit. There you go. Uh, next up came the controversial moment of the evening. I cannot wait to get your thoughts on this. Uh-oh. Because we had an AEW Women's Championship match between Rio and Nyla Rose. Now, I never bought into Rio being a, a women's champion in the first place because She's 92 pounds, and every time somebody hit a move on her, I thought she would, I thought she would crack into and just die. You know, right? I'm afraid every time she like executes a move in that ring, that like she's gonna like uh, snap into. Uh, yeah, ex- exactly. Because uh, she makes me look like a jacked up some bitch. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Well, I can I can assure you, ladies and gentlemen, that while while I do work out, I I don't weigh that much, but I cert- I certainly outweigh Nyla Rose by a good uh, fifty pounds at least. Um. So I I don't I this site is calling that match very good. Why are they calling it a good match? Are you serious? Well, well, because well, because the women's division has set expectations shockingly low. So I suppose uh, this was the best one to date. Um, no, 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 no. This was bad. Well, I I agree. <laughs> um, so uh, Nyla Rose uh, became the new women's champion, and of course. Uh, this set the IWC ablaze because, um, you know, if you want to get into the political sphere, um, they don't believe that a non-biological female should be sh- should be winning the women's championship. Um, uh, Val Venus certainly had a lot to say. Val, 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 Val Venus is stupid. Uh, yes. By the way, he, he doesn't speak for all Canadians. Well, I, w- I would hope not. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but I, uh, 
but I can certainly buy uh, Nyla Rose as champion much, much more than I can Riho. So from that perspective, and from the wrestling perspective alone, I think this was the right call. And Jim Ross said it again. Yes, yes. Oh my God, what is that, with this guy? And that was the other um, snafu of the evening. Uh, when he called Nyla the king of the, of the mountain. Now, now, pers- now, look. Now, personally, I didn't have an issue with it, but uh, but the IWC certainly did, and Twitter exploded. Me, I, I just have a, I just have issues with the Jim Ross alone. Like anytime he says something stupid. Like- well, and and that's certainly that's certainly arguable, but uh, I have a. I have a soft spot for uh, Jim Ross, so I'm I'm more apt to give him some leeway. Okay. Uh, let me uh, plug back in my headphones because for some reason they came undone. There you go. Um, let's see. Uh, next up after that, we have um, the announcement that uh, he's that Jericho has hired a bounty hunter. And, oh, my. Yep. And Jeff Cobb has come out of nowhere. He, um, for those that do not know, he, he worked as Matanza Clayto in uh, Lucha Underground. Hold on. I have a question. Yeah. Did you uh, skip over a match? Yeah. Uh, now they, uh, there was a MJF versus Jungle Boy. Right, but but that was uh, that was um, according to the to this lineup, uh, Jericho made that announcement before the MJF match. I was okay. I'm, 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 I must have missed that part. Then I must have had to step away from the television at that point. Okay. Very good. Um, so next up, we have MJF taking on Jungle Boy. Um, obviously, Jungle Boy is going to take the loss as Wardlow gets ready to, uh, take on, uh, Cody Rhodes in a cage match. Uh, I believe it's, yeah, it's, uh, next week. This guy better do something. Uh, so far, all we've ever seen is him as, uh, MGF's bodyguard or whatever. Yeah, it's so it's just kind of weird. But in terms of uh, in terms of the main event, we had John Moxley versus uh, Santana, and this this was awesome. I don't know if I've ever seen uh, Santana outside of a tag team match. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed this, and as they continue to play up the I versus I versus or an eye for an eye angle. Um, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this situation. Um, before uh, John Moxley and Jericho face off at Revolution. Now I'm not sure where uh, Jeff Cobb fits into this, but uh, we do uh, we do see him hit um, his finisher, the tour of the islands before. Uh, the show goes off the air. Well, so, he's, he's going to match next week in Smoxley, I believe. 
Yes, but uh, last last I heard, he's not signed beyond that. So I'd, I'd be very interested to see um, if AEW hangs on to, to Jeff Cobb long term. He better hang on. Freaking ROH was just not very good. Uh, it started getting not very good. Well, I and I and I hate saying this because uh, Ring of Honor is literally like my next door neighbor company kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think they're on the way out. I I really do. Now, have you uh, been watching it at all lately? No, I have. Um, Okay, no, I was gonna ask you like if you had. I was gonna ask like how it's uh, been since so uh, since somebody scrolled and took over Pokey. Well, in all in all fairness, I haven't uh, I haven't seen enough to render an opinion. Um, but I don't I don't hold much faith in a wrestler having controlling having having a controlling interest in the booking of a company. Um, and. And I, I still say that that's a huge negative for both uh, Ring of Honor and AEW. So we'll, we'll have to see how Ch- that Ch- unfolds. Ch- March 26, 2021. WWE buys out ROH. Yeah, well, that's what I'm waiting on. I'm, I'm, waiting, on, I'm waiting for a repeat on that WCW storyline now. Um. You you see Shane McMahon uh, in ROH in an ROH ring? Yes, well, I own ROH. <laughs> well, actually, actually, that would that would make me laugh. But 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 I would counter that uh, thought with with I'm surprised that that hasn't happened yet with uh, Impact Wrestling. jeez, <laughs> Impact is so bad. Uh, you know how how Impact Wrestling is still alive in any capacity, I will never understand. And that's so bad. I feel I feel so bad that they're a Canadian company. And that's and terrible. They even got kicked off of Twitch because they like, did. Rob Van Dam. What the? You know what though? Fans, fans, fans are always saying that they want the Attitude Era back. Well, enjoy. There you go. There's your Attitude Era. Well. Um, well, well, what happened there? Did 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 um did Rob Van Dam have like a live sex celebration with Katie Ford or something? Oh wait, you, 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 you didn't see the video? No, no. I didn't. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Rob Van Dam, um, there was like a segment where he where he was um supposedly gonna have a threesome. And uh, and yeah, the Katie Forbes and they had someone else, and they they both take their tops off. They had like whipped cream and everything, and that got them off to Ben from Twitch. Well, no, no shit that that was gonna happen if that's the case. I mean, because oh, that's man. you know that's borderline uh, pornographic. But um, um, hold on, speed of our wage. I'm gonna go back to Raw for a minute. Right. Now, forget that you know Seth Rollins by any other name from the past, okay? Forget that you know him from, by any other name, okay? You know him as only Seth Rollins, okay? Right. What did you notice about the main event on Monday night? There, there was a lot of ring, uh, there was a lot of ROH talent in that ring. I can, I can tell you that. 
There was Team WWE, which is AOP and Seth Rollins, versus Team ROH. Well, absolutely. I was and, uh, uh, like, when I went back to watch, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, wow, that's so cool. Team ROH versus Team WWE in the same ring. Wow. Absolutely. Um, so uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will take a short break and then uh, come back with Elio's review of NXT. And I promise you, I did not mess up the, no. the uh, lineup no. on that occasion. Yeah, this time I will, we will be back with my review of NXT. So stay tuned for that. February 12, 2020, and the opening match, we start with a promo first from Roderick Strong. He cuts a promo on uh, Double Team Dream. However, uh, that brings out Bronson Reed, and we're into our first matches. Roderick Strong versus Bronson Reed. Well, you know what's going to happen there. I mean, that's a far gone conclusion. And uh, we, of course, we have Roderick Strong picking up the win over Bronson Reed. Win. I no one thought Bronson Reed would win. See, all well, talk. Of, of course, that's why I said it's a far gone conclusion. I'm going to tell you um, Bronson Reed is a perfect example of uh, someone who is on the NXT minor roster. Absolutely. Because he's one of the names that I used to see all the time on the live event results. Yeah, and, and I, I did too. So. All right, and then um, then we had Candice LeRae versus Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai picking up the win here. After, after the match, it was um, Tegan Knox uh, running out and attacking Dakota Kai, which, of course, is uh, setting up uh, their street fight on uh, Sunday. Yeah, I, uh, I want to see that. If they they put that on a pre-show, I'm going to be so royally pissed off. Then we had Johnny Gargano defeating Cameron Grimes by submission. Oh, no shit. And and then we had a number one contender match for the NXT NXT Cruiserweight Championship. It was Leo Rush... Picking up the win over Angel Garza. Yeah, I um, I I like I like Leo Rush in this role. Um, you know, he um, he had a little bit of a snafu um er, earlier on in his career where he, where um he got um he got derailed from his storyline with Bobby Lashley. But I I think NXT and and especially the Cruiserweight Championship. Is a is a much better fit for him. And then we had Bianca Belair defeating Santana Garrett. Now I have a question, Ben. What do you think of Santana Garrett? 
Um, well, I, I, I always thought that she was um, un, underused in uh, Impact. I thought she could have been something uh, like like a Britt Baker type. Um, because, I, I mean, I always thought, one, she was beautiful, and, and two, she wasn't really given a, an opportunity uh, to show what she could do. Um, and um, I'm, I'm actually quite, obviously it's, it's not her time right now because, you know, there are just so many other, uh, you know, um, higher ranked women on the, um, on the NXT roster. But once, uh, once those uh, girls start getting called up, I'll be very interested to see if, um, if she starts getting elevated opportunities and just exactly what she can do with them. So now speaking of that, since uh, we've seen uh, Shayna Baszler obviously getting called up, I guess after Monday night, I, I guess uh, they're gonna. She's on. She's on Raw, right? Well, uh, well. Interestingly enough, that has not been made official. But however, I would assume that that would be the case, especially since she took a bite out of Becky Lynch. Okay, so let's say uh, for now, let's say that she is on uh, Raw. Who, Absolutely. Who, who do you think will the next call up will be? Um. Oh, who, who? Um. Bianca Belair for sure. She did really great at the Royal Rumble. I liked her. I liked her performance in the Royal Rumble. Well, well, I like her. Period. I, I yeah. think she's great. Yep. Then we had in the main event Adam Cole in the non-title match picking up the win over Kushida. Well, and and, and that's a that's a that's a no shit scenario again. Um, going into his um, his match with uh, Tommaso Ciampa, <clears throat> and that is our review of NXT. We are now going to move over to Friday Night SmackDown. Yes, another um, and as I as I mentioned earlier, this was another scenario where. Um, you know, everywhere I looked, like, oh, this was such a better show. Um, I I wasn't getting that impression. So, um, especially when Dolph Ziggler ruined the storyline between Otis and Mandy Rose. Are you Gentlemen, we're gonna get down to our uh, review of SmackDown. Uh, took place from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and this show—it wasn't—it was a slight improvement over past week shows, but there's still a lot of uh, crap, wouldn't you say, Ben? Uh, absolutely, still a lot of room for improvement, for sure. And the, the so we uh, the show starts off with the first moment of bliss of two thousand and twenty. Yeah. 
And and, uh, and this segment was so bad. It, it was it was so terrible. It was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross uh, inviting their guest for the week, uh, Carmella, who came out uh, uh, to um, to uh, continue her uh, storyline with Bailey, where she was going to be challenging for the championship later tonight. That brings out the champion who gets in Carmella's face. And Carmella says, instead of waiting till later on in the evening, why don't they have the match right here, right now? And that leads into our first match. And this was a pretty good match. Yeah, I was I was surprised. Uh, I think I think far and away that this was the best I'd seen Carmella look in the ring for sure. And not, not many people know that she's actually a second generation wrestler. Um, yeah, um, her uh, her dad. Uh, um, I, I forget his, his last yeah, name. Yeah, his name was uh, Paul Van Dale. Yes, he was a. He was a jobber in the uh, <laughs> was it was it the eighties or in the nineties? Yeah, yeah, in the era about the eighties, nineties, somewhere around there. Yeah. So, uh, but I'll tell you what, Carmella certainly didn't look like a jobber in this scenario. She oh, she actually, did. She did good. She actually did really, really well. Mm-hmm. However, um, I feel like next week uh, they're gonna have Carmella versus uh, Naomi. We're gonna see Na- we're gonna see Naomi versus Bailey at that. Uh, show at the end of the month. Well, uh, you know, and, and uh, for reasons we've discussed, you know, uh, ad nauseum, uh, both on this show and um, and personally, um, I couldn't give one single solitary fuck about um, the Super Showdown situations. Well, that, that, um, that's why that's why I was saying I was like, uh, why 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 couldn't they give us elimination chamber? They moved that up to March, which is stupid. Yeah, well they well I'll tell you what I'll tell you what needs to happen. The WWE pay per view calendar needs to be significantly altered. Yeah. Because they they have so many pay per views that are so fucking useless. And some that that are never heard about again, like Great Balls of Fire. Oh my God! <laughs> you know, and of course, Capital Punishment and um, an array of other ones. But um, I, you know, it's just take it back to to the Big Four. Yep. And you and you'd have pay-per-views that actually mean something because you would have time to develop compelling storyline. Yep, I agree. I mean, I mean, just elimination chambers of February pay-per-view, and you move it to March. Yeah. yeah. It's stupid. Like another one is Stomping Ground. Are we ever going to hear about that pay-per-view again? <laughs> no. Well, but, but, you know, the, the thing with pay-per-views, especially around this time of year, right, is and I, I, heard, I heard this line of argument on, on another podcast earlier today, but I, I completely agree with it, and it's not like I'm stealing anything because it's a, it's, a, it's a perfectly – rational and, and logical line of thinking for anyone. So I'm, it's not like I'm stealing anything, but um, the 
this time of year, the the focus of WWE television needs to exclusively be WrestleMania. Because if it's not, then what the fuck is WrestleMania to begin with? Mm-hmm. What why are why are we building to a Saudi show that comparatively nobody gives a flying fuck about? And we're putting WrestleMania on the back burner, really? I mean, in in February, we're putting WrestleMania on the back burner. What the fuck? Okay, um, before I go on with uh, the review, this is how uh, stupid and ridiculous uh, that uh, Prince or whatever was. Now, I only know this because I saw pictures on uh, television from the first Greatest Royal Rumble. If I I don't know if you probably have heard of the, you heard the, I have heard the story. Um, there was this uh, I guess they want to say Samoan or around, around one of the, from one of those islands. He was in the Great Story Rumble. Yeah. And do you know why they put him in there? Uh, no. Because the prince wanted the WWF to have Yokozuna on the show. Oh my God. Holy shit. <laughs> you gotta be absolutely oh kidding me. When I heard that, I, when I heard that, I'm like, what? <laughs> No, 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 and I'm just, I'm just gonna look for this up just to verify that I, that I get the that I get the date right. So just ho- hold on with me for for one second. Okay. Um. So uh, while you while you're uh, doing that, I'm gonna continue with the review. Okay. All right. So um, in the next match, we had a handicap match. Sheamus yet again continuing this ridiculous feud with uh. Shorty G defeats both Shorty G. Chad Gable, not Shorty G, defeats Chad Gable and Apollo Crews. So yeah, well they did. They just Apollo Crews and Chad Gable just need to go back to catering. In the meantime, <laughs> speak, speaking of somebody that needs to go back to catering and get a fucking clue, the. Oh. Um, <laughs> The Saudi government or whoever requested Yokozuna to be in the Greatest Royal Rumble needed to be informed of the fact that um, he's that Yokozuna has been uh, deceased since October twenty third, two thousand. It's almost twenty years, and I. <laughs> That is that is one of the most absurd things I have ever seen in my entire life. At that at that point, I would have laughed my ass off at that at that person. Number one and number two, I would have been like, "Give me my fucking money back, you clueless motherfucker," because that's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Although, although in in all fairness, WWE needs to get needs to get itself out of the, out of that Saudi deal as soon as possible. Because it, it, it is just absolutely disgraceful. However, I'm not gonna go on on another rant about that. 
because because you know the fact that I have to go on a rant regarding Yokozuna in the year 2020 is pretty indicative of how disgusting and and um, delusional the, the, this Saudi deal really is. And then we had a an interview with Hulk Hogan. Oh my God! And all he. <laughs> All he was really there for was to plug WrestleMania, the NWO, and going into the Hall of Fame. And of course... It's so strong, brother. It's feeling so strong. How many many times did he say that shit? Wait, say it again? He was like... Over and over again, he said, it's so strong, brother. It's so strong. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, okay, so um, he's, like, plugging in. And then he's asked about uh, his thoughts on Bill Goldberg, if Goldberg has a chance against Fiend. And, uh, of course, Hogan's, like, throwing his support to Goldberg. And then we see uh, a message, a la NWO style, that says, paid for by the Firefly Funhouse. That part was cool. I, I enjoyed that. And we get Bray Wyatt. So we have a side-by-side screen of Hulk Hogan and Bray Wyatt and Hogan saying how he knows all about Wyatt and he's been watching Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. Oh, God. Oh, okay. So uh, that's pretty much it. It was just Hogan um, plugging WrestleMania in the Hall of Fame. It was it was just weird. It was a weird segment. Then we had in the next match we had well actually before the next match, which is basically the main event, because there was only three matches on the show on the whole show. Yeah, I noticed that. I didn't even know that. So I was like, why are there there's only three matches and a whole lot of garbage but um the main focus of the show was the uh valentine's date between otis and mandy rose yes and and if you didn't feel sympathy pain for for otis i don't know what your problem is because i felt so bad for otis that was that was gut-wrenching Right. Like, and Mandy Rose, okay, Mandy Rose is sitting in this restaurant, which is clearly a backstage area in the arena. <laughs> well, clearly. <laughs> so Otis walks in asking the major D if he's seen a peach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> So then um, we would, the camera um, switches to Mandy Rose and a, sh- a hand is on her shoulder and she thinks it's Otis. However, she looks up and finds Dolph Ziggler standing there. Oh my God. So Otis uh, walks into the restaurant. He sees Ziggler and Mandy Rose sitting at the table and he just stands there and drops the bouquet of roses and leaves. That, that poor Otis, man. I felt so yeah, terrible for him. Yeah, that was that was pitiful. Yeah. So, um, what do you think? What do you think? This, uh, where does this go next? I don't know, but but the fact that that Dolph Ziggler is in it now, 
Why? Why? Uh, like, Dolph uh, Ziggler was part of this, that stupid uh, King uh, Corbin's court or whatever. It was called Wait, Robert Roode. Why are they putting him in this story? Uh, it's, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I just don't get it. Like, even, even uh, other superstars even uh, when I jumped on Twitter and uh, said that uh, Ziggler was a uh, what Ziggler did was uh, was really bad. Well, and that's putting him not only, but the fact that he's even in the storyline is fucking terrible. Yeah. So, of course, we uh, get the main event. Roman Reigns and the mystery partner. No, we, we didn't know who this mystery partner was. Roman Reigns and the mystery partner defeated. Hold on. I have it right here. Roman Reigns and the mystery partner defeated the Miz and John Morrison. And, of course, that mystery partner being Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that was, um, I'll tell you what, that was a random pairing, to say the least. Well, wait, they, they, they've been, uh, they've teamed up before, though. Well, yes, but but that was a number of months ago, and um, I just, I felt it was random, for sure. Oh. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know what, you know what really sucks is when they tell us that, oh, Roman Reigns is going to team up with a mystery partner. And we all know it's going to be someone that's already on the main roster. <laughs> exactly. Like, what, what, what are you doing? We're, we're not stupid. We know who is someone on the main roster, okay? Exactly. So, you know what? Have John Morrison and him has ever had a team name? Uh, no. Wow. I wonder if... We I should give them so. a team We should give them a team name. Damn it. Uh, I, I, I don't no, know. No, I'm just joking. Uh, they don't need a team name. They are, they're, no. already, they're already good as it is. All right, so that's, uh, that's your uh, SmackDown review for the, the week. And we're going to take a short break, and then um, we're going to fire up that DeLorean, man. Absolutely. So we will be back after these messages. Ben. Yeah. Are you ready to go on a time traveling journey? Yes, and and as I understand it, we're headed all the way back to uh, this day in 2004 with the No Way Out pay-per-view. Yes, sir. So let's fire up the DeLorean and away we go. Very good. 619. Life is hard, man, la vida es dura Gotta believe in yourself sin duda No es chiste, es mi cultura Si yo puedo con alma pura Alright, we are back in in time And the date is Sunday, February 15, 2004 It is No Way Out from the Cow Pals in... Daily City, California. 
Yeah, and um, you know, lo- looking at the looking at this card, I'm I'm quite underwhelmed. Uh, but ge- but given what happened in the main event, um, you know that that made the show and and that made this an now, absolute now an I, absolute classic. Now I know what you're looking at the card you have in front of you. What, what do you think of the entire card minus the main event? Because we know we all know that was classic. But what do you think well, of the rest of the show, the card? Well, the, the well, the only the only other match that was worth anything was Kurt Angle uh, defeating uh, John Cena and The Big Show in, in a triple threat match. Right. That was that was the only one that was worth anything. Uh, now, now was, did you watch this uh, pay per view? No, I've I've never I've never seen this pay per view outside of. Outside of the uh, last match. Okay, and I believe at this time I I don't think I watched either because I believe at this time I was just I had gone back to school. Yeah. All right, so let's get into this uh, pay per view. In our opening match, it was a three on two handicap match. It was Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati defending the tag team championships. As they defeated the Bashams and Shaniqua. Man, you remember Shaniqua? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you scurvy okay. little fucker. Uh, I knew you were going to ask me that just to get me to use the description that I used uh, off the air when we were discussing this. Um, yes, I, I remember Shaniqua because her uh, dominatrix can accuse used to give me nightmares in my, <laughs> right? in my teenage years. I know, right? Oh, terrible. Then in our, then in our <laughs> second match, we had um, the only other blindfold match I <laughs> I remember I have ever heard of, aside from the Jake Snake Roberts Rick Martel one at WrestleMania 7. Well, and, and um, Triple H had a, had a couple blindfold matches. Yeah, against who? Um, I, I don't remember. So it, it tells you right there. There, there you go. Even this one. If we weren't going over this uh, card, I wouldn't have known about this match either. I, I knew that it was uh, Jamie Noble defeating Nydia. However, I didn't know it was a blindfold match. Well, I, I don't care because I I had lost my lunch so many times during their makeout sessions. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Jamie Noble, wait, was he with Nidia or did or did he steal Nidia away from someone? No, he was with Nidia. Oh, he was with Nidia, okay. Alright, okay. <laughs> that was terrible. Hey, yeah. wait a minute. You know, now that I think about it, I you know how they were doing that whole Southern Redneck type gimmick? Yeah. They did that years before Alexa Bliss and Scott Dawson. Oh, I know. But at least, at least Alexa wow. Bliss... At least Alexa Bliss was more entertaining. I mean, I'd, I'd rather make out with her by a long shot. Than no, I mean, but I, I just thought of this because um. Like uh, looking, back, thinking back to uh, this time period, and uh, their Jimmy, the whole Jimmy Noble's whole gimmick there, yeah, it reminded me of uh, 
because I saw that just recently, Alexa Bliss and Scott Dawson's uh, Southern gimmick uh, in NXT before she came up to the main roster. Yeah, well, like, like I said, I, 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 and I don't mean this in a disrespectful fashion, but I'd, I'd much rather make out with Alexa Bliss <laughs> other, uh, yeah. rather than uh, Nydia, for, for sure. And then we had the world's greatest tag team, Sean Sheldon Benjamin and Charlie Haas defeating the APA Farouk and Bradshaw. And now, you know, you know what? Um, Which, okay, can I just say something really, really quick and then I'll, I'll let you yeah, go ahead. jump in here. Go on, yep. You know, I, I understand that, uh, that Sheldon Benjamin and Charlie Haas were an extremely good tag team, hence their tag team name, the world's greatest tag team. I get that. They were extremely good. But um, having said that, you accept me to believe that they're going to beat the APA of all people? I mean, the APA look like they could, they can just snap, snap the world's greatest tag team like a pair of twigs. I know, right? You know, it, 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 it's just not believable to me. And um, actually, uh, you know what would what, what you think of the, this this uh, incarnation of the APA? Um, well, I I preferred them um, earlier on. I think yeah. I think I think at this particular time uh, they were doing it to give uh, Ron Simmons uh, something to do. Yeah, um, because wasn't this around uh, where uh, JBL had uh, cut his hair and uh, shaved yes. his mustache? Yeah. Yeah, see, I, um, I, I, I like the other one where they where they used to have that backstage area where they would play cards and stuff. That APA ex- I liked. Exactly, and I think that uh, I think this was right before um, JBL started with the JBL gimmick that we all know. Mm-hmm. In our next match, we had Hardcore Holly defeating Rhino. Now, hmm. you know uh, the. The, the thing is, right, so Rhino was an ECW creation, so you knew that he that he's not exactly going to um, get over massively in, in yeah. WWE. Um, and then Hardcore Holly was one of those guys that was always snake bit by injury. Every time he got up a little bit of momentum, he'd be back on the shelf. Um, so I I feel like... You know, had his had his body been kinder to him, Hardcore Holly might have done something a lot more than what he did. And now this uh, this one was weird because this was a WWE Cruiserweight title match, but it says 2001 to 2000, 2008 Cruiserweight title. It was Chavo Guerrero Jr. defeating Rey Mysterio and. Uh, this is uh, where Charbo Guerrero Jr. Uh, became the new cruiserweight champion. Yeah, and, and you know, you know how I feel about you know Rey Mysterio. So any, anytime that Rey Mysterio loses uh, in a in a cruiserweight scenario, mm-hmm. and and his opponent is not named uh, Dean Malenko or or Chris Benoit, mm-hmm. you know I'm not gonna buy into it. The only other, the only other guy that I was okay with uh, Rey Mysterio losing to, because I, I also like this guy a lot was was um Juventud Guerrero. 
And in a three-way match uh, to determine the number one contender for the WWE title, it was Kurt Angle defeating the Big Show and John Cena. Well, and, you know, and, and this was this was when uh, Kurt Angle was at his zenith in uh, in uh, WWE. So I I really couldn't hate on this. I, I've always thought that uh, that. Um, you know, Kurt was fantastic. You know, unfortunately, he went on to have a severe painkiller addiction, uh, which led to his release in 2006. And then, un- unfortunately, and here's a here's an unpopular opinion, but I, I really do think it's, it's true. Um, despite the fact that um, he was on drugs, uh, through a lot of this period, I really think that uh, from a wrestling perspective, um, <coughs> Kurt had a better run in uh, in TNA than he did in WWE. Yeah, he didn't do too bad in TNA. Yeah, I mean, but I I think he was putting on some uh, some real classic matches in TNA for mm-hmm. sure. And that brings us to our main event, which this one was a classic. I had uh, heard about this, um, and I believe I didn't see it, but it, but it was uh, Eddie Guerrero defeating Brock Lesnar to become the new WWE champion. You know, and, and this was this was another one that I uh, didn't see live because I didn't uh, start getting pay per views on a consistent basis until uh, two thousand nine. Okay. However, uh, when I when I did see this one later on on uh, WWE Classics on Demand, the precursor to the WWE Network, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, this was one of those this was one of those matches where I I legitimately cried, and I can I can count on one hand the the amount of times that I have I have legitimately cried. In in pro wrestling, um, and Eddie Guerrero is involved in two of them. One was, of course, uh, this match, which was an absolute classic. I mean, if you don't tear up uh, when he hugs his mother at the end of that thing, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, so it was that, and then um, another one was um, Eddie Guerrero's death, and then the other the other uh, the other two were. Um, WrestleMania uh, 25, um, the first match between uh, Undertaker and um, Shawn Michaels, um, and then uh, and then of course Undertaker's uh, supposed retirement match where he left his um, his hat and boots in the ring. So um, those were those were the scenarios where I cried, but uh, this was. This was definitely one of them because um, I, I just feel like this was the this was the absolute zenith for uh, for Eddie Guerrero in uh, WWE. Um, unfortunately, it didn't last too long uh, after this because he died a year later. I have a question: Where were you uh, when you heard that news? I was actually walking outside of my, my dad's office. And I, I, um, and luckily I was uh, just a couple, uh, 
just a couple seconds away from the car because had I not been, I think I would have fallen over uh, when my dad told me that because um, I legitimately started crying as soon as I got in the car. Um, that was one. Of, that that was one of those scenarios. And I, I, anyone who knows me will tell you that I am not an emotional person at all. Uh, it, it is very hard to get me to show any sort of emotion. Um, and um, and that was just, that was just one of those one of those things that got me. And I, it just. You know, because because Ed, Eddie Guerrero had such a such an impact on my love of wrestling. I mean, the match that made me fall in love with with wrestling to begin with was um, was Eddie versus Ray at Halloween Havoc '97. Uh, so, um, you know, and and just just knowing being a little bit older at this point, I was you know I was 17. Um, so being a little bit older and having an understanding of of the obstacles that Eddie had had overcome uh, in his life, and then becoming champion, and uh, having having that run, and then of course having that heel run against uh, Ray, which was which was again one of my all time favorite programs uh, in in my uh, wrestling history. Um, you know, that was just one of those things that just, that got me right in the gut. And, uh, and I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, man, to, to die in, in, in the prime of your life like that is just, it, it's so incredibly sad under any circumstances, but it's especially given what Eddie Guerrero had come back from. So. All right. So that's our, um, week in history um we'll be back shortly and then we'll uh, bring the show to a close absolutely Absolutely. Ben. Yeah. NXT takeover Portland tomorrow night. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm I'm quite honestly serious when I tell you this. You know, when when it comes to NXT uh, takeover events, it's like Christmas. <laughs> I, 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 I yeah. swear. I love, I love NXT takeover events because it, they just restore my faith. In professional wrestling. However, this time there alone, there is uh, no other main pay per view. It's just NXT Takeover alone. Um, well, yeah, and, and that's why I was originally surprised because um, you know I messaged you uh, yesterday and um, was considering moving the show because I thought that the um, that this show was going to be tonight. Well, yeah, well, yeah, because we're used to NXT takeovers being on held on a Saturday night. Right. All right, so let's see what we got on this card. Right. So we have, uh, you know, what we'll go top to bottom. 
I think I think I think we go top to bottom because uh, they're not even in any particular order. It's all over the place. Right. All right. So for the NXT Women's Championship, we have Rhea Ripley defending her championship against Bianca Belair. Uh, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, Rhea Ripley. I'm gonna go with Rhea Ripley on this one because I think um, following this match, because I have a feeling Charlotte, Charlotte is gonna be there and something's gonna happen. Uh, well, yeah, and exactly. That's, that's gonna lead to a rematch between Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, and I can see Bianca Belair beca- eventually becoming champion. Well, and, and as she should, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Then we have Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. This is a tough one. Um, <laughs> I would have to say um, Finn Balor. Okay, Finn Balor. Right. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Finn Balor too. Like they, They've been uh, keeping him really strong. Johnny Gargano, uh, yeah, he doesn't need this. Yeah, I agree. Then we have the Undisputed Era versus the Browser Wades Undisputed Era putting their tag team championships on the line. Undisputed Era, for sure. I would oh, be I would be floored if the Browser Wades won, quite frankly. You think uh, someone's gonna turn on that team? Uh, yeah, because it just, you know, they're a good team, but there's something about it doesn't match for me. Um, they're an odd uh, pairing. Talk about odd pairings. That's an odd pairing. Right, <laughs> exactly. And I, I just don't see them dethroning uh, uh, the undisputed era at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then we have Adam Cole. Defending his world championship against Tommaso Ciampa. This is another tough one, but I'm, I'm going to have to say Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, Goldie's coming home? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with Adam Cole. Just, okay. uh, just up based on like uh, past matches that because he's always somehow managed to pull out the win. Well, you know, and I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against that. Um, you know, it, it's hard to go, it's hard to bet against Adam Cole after the year he's had for sure. Um, but I, ju- I just think it's, it's the right time to, to give it to uh, Tommaso Ciampa. And I know this next match is one that you're looking forward to, and I'm looking forward to as well. A street fight with Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. Um, I'm going to have to say Dakota Kai. Mm, okay. You know, I think I think Tegan Knox is going to get some shots in, but I think I think in order for the um, for the feud to continue, I think Dakota Kai. Is going to take this one, and then when they meet down the road again, that that's when Tegan Knox is going to get the the ultimate victory. I think this this just started, so it's not the end. I'm going to take the Kai. I predict a rematch. I predict a rematch at WrestleMania. Right, and that's what I'm thinking. So, um, so yeah, we're we're thinking along the same lines there. 
And then our last match on the card, we have Keith Lee defending the North American Championship against Dominic Dijakovic. I like both of these guys. You know, I, I think that this match has the potential to be the show sealer. Um, and a potential a match, a match of the year candidate if they deliver the way that I'm anticipating that they will. Um, in terms of a winner, I just don't see Keith Lee losing. One, because of the momentum that he has. But two, the fact that he just won the championship, I don't see him dropping it so soon. Yep, I'm going with Keith Lee on this one. All right, so that is NXT TakeOver Portland tomorrow night. I can't wait. Batten down the hatches. At uh, 7 p.m., they will be uh, in Portland, Oregon at the Moda Center. So, Ben, what do you say we bring this week's show to a close? Absolutely. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, another week has ended. Um, it's another episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Elio Canella. For my co-host, Ben, so is Pearson Barriers. Ben Pierce, same we'll talk to you all next week. Ben, say goodbye to the fans. Enjoy TakeOver Portland uh, tomorrow just as much as I will, which I assure you will be an epic amount, and we will talk to you uh, next week with all the fallout on the next episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. And with that, we will sign off. Thank <laughs> you.